Hey, who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 118. 118. 118. <laughs> One day, I shall come back. Oh, dear. We are in trouble, aren't we? I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. I have the advantage of being slightly ahead of you. Sometimes behind you, but normally ahead of you. But the trouble with time travel is... One never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. A meteor storm that the sky above us was dancing with light. Purple, green, brilliant yellow, yes! I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. It's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Just remember who's standing in your way. Look at the eyebrows. These are attack eyebrows. You can take bottle tops off of these. Howdy, howdy do, who fans? Howdy. Howdy. Welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast, episode 118. Mm-hmm. Hope you've had a fantastic week and that you've managed to do something Doctor Who related. Mm-hmm. Whether that's watch a classic DVD or listen to a podcast or whatever, read a book. There you go. It's a novel idea. A good old fashioned book. Good old fashioned book. <laughs> or drawn a picture. Should we do a Blue Peter thing? Send us into your pictures. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when I'm bored at work, I do that. I just do the most random drawings, and they often end up looking like Doctor Who monsters that would look good on a Blue Peter wall. Your little doodles. Yeah, bug-eyed monsters. Yeah. Yep. Obviously, you'll have to send a stamped-addressed envelope mm-hmm. <laughs> so that we can post said picture back to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're joking, of course. We don't want to have to sit around posting pictures back. No. Does anyone do that anymore? Does anyone send self-addressed envelopes like they hmm. did in, in the good old days? In the good old days. <laughs> that's, that is how I got my Blue Peter badge, by doing that. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Actually, having said that, I didn't get a Blue... I mean, that's very cool. I, I never did anything on Blue Peter. I wish I had now, because yeah. the Blue Peter badge is like, um, like a sign that you did something very cool as What a, I as did wasn't that... Yeah, I'd like to. I mean, I wish I could claim that was true. But what I actually did was, I um, for those of you that are of a certain age, you'll remember Mark Curry who used to present Blue Peter, mm-hmm. and he and they had a Lego man on there once, and he knocked it over, and I and I drew a picture of him knocking over the Lego man, <laughs> <laughs> and it was really bad. Trust me, it was a bad yeah. drawing because um, I'm not good at drawing. And yeah, about three months later, just when I'd given up hope, a little badge dropped through the door. So that's how I got it. <laughs> do you know what that I was about to say? I like the time scale because i didn't do anything with blue mm. peter but i remember when i was a wee lad it must have been about seven or eight um i got the teenage mutant hero turtles comic oh yeah yeah a, a few fortnights on the when they used to do fortnightly on the bounce and back when it was called hero turtles as well um and i sent in a picture they had like this they every fortnight they did a two-page spread of people's pictures and i was like oh, i could do that and i didn't hear anything for months Sent it in. Months and months went past. I even stopped reading the magazine or the comic, whatever. Yeah. And then I got this thing through the door. It was um, it was my picture sent back to me with a letter from the, the editor of the comic or whatever saying, Please do not send this filth in again. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Basically, no. very, very nice drawing. Here's, um, 
here's a free subscription to the comic for another X amount of months. And here's a, some stickers and some other bits and pieces. But um, when, when so much time goes past, you must, you didn't, you don't clock it as a kid. You just think, Oh, why haven't I heard back immediately within 24 hours? Mm, yeah. But you know, you just don't grasp the concept of how popular things are. So with blue Peter, especially they probably get hundreds of, of True. stuff sent to them. Don't they? Yeah, I'm just so pleased I've still got it because most of the stuff from from uh, my youth, childhood, whatever, has long since got lost. But I've, I managed to cling on to that badge. It's on the bag, as you've probably seen. I was going to um, say, talking, yeah, it's on the bag, yeah, isn't it? It's on the bag. The geek's handbag. My sister always claims it's hers because she also won one. Ah. Um, and they arrived pretty much at the same time. But it's not. It's definitely mine. We always have this argument whenever she <laughs> sees it that that's my badge. And like, no, it's my badge, blah, blah, blah. Um, talking of waiting for things to arrive, have you, um, have you, did you order Power of the Daleks, the DVD? And have you got it? I didn't order the DVD. Oh, you didn't? You just I bought it on BBC it. Store. Yeah. Because I cancelled it and ordered pre-ordered the blu-ray gotcha have you not received your dvd yet then no because um i like you i pre-ordered it and then when i went to the bfi screening um you got you got a dvd included in the ticket price so i cancelled my my order okay because because i was getting it with the ticket um and yeah obviously over the weekend people have been getting it slightly early and it was released on monday uh so i was like oh my copy should be arriving soon and it looks really good it comes in a nice slip case and very excited i literally keep running out to the post box <laughs> where is it then come on bfi um me being very impatient waited till tuesday <laughs> emailed right. them just saying um just wondering when when we can expect to receive our our dvds are included in the ticket price i got an email back um the following day saying um saying uh, yes uh, should be with you in the next couple of weeks we're hoping to get them to people in time for christmas and i was like huh? no! a slow motion no like a darth yeah. vader moment was it <laughs> <laughs> You know how impatient I am. So, um, yes, hopefully mine will be with me by Christmas. <laughs> so I'm a little bit gutted because it is, you know what it's like when you see other, other people have got it and you're like, oh, I just want it in my collection. Looks really good. Have you managed to watch any of it yet, though? No. No? No. None of it? Not no. even a single episode? No, I haven't. Um, I've... Is that because BBC Store keeps crashing and you can't get online? <laughs> well, the, the spooky thing was on last week's show when we spoke about my problems with the bbc store and stuff literally within yeah. minutes of us stop recording and i was got back to doing some work within minutes i had um an, a, an email through from whoever the support people are for it mm. saying oh it should be okay now we just had um we've had a a raft of technical issues recently and blah 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 mm -hmm. but if you give it a go now you should be okay so i logged in fine yay all good it's there um, but I just haven't, <laughs> haven't watched it yet. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the technical gremlins are sorted, but um, I just haven't had the time to sit and because I'm one of these, I'm I'm weird sometimes with stuff like that. Mm. There are some people like my wife. She can she can put a film on, knowing that she's only going to watch half an hour of it. So she right. so it's, it's not like we say right, let's sit down and watch a film. Half an hour goes by and the phone goes and she has to go and do something or something like that. She will sit there knowing that we have to go out in half an hour, 40 minutes, and she'll just watch a bit of a film. Oh. You know, she's happy to just watch it. And then maybe the following evening up. she'll watch the rest or whatever, but I can't do that. So now I know that I've got all the episodes there. I want to sit and watch them all. 
Oh, I'm with you. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I can't. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to sit there and think, right, I'm going to watch episode one. I'm not sure when episode two is going to come. Will it be tomorrow? Will it be the weekend? I'm not sure. I just want to sit there in my own little bubble, my little Doctor Who bubble, and watch them all. Mm. So, yeah, I know that might sound strange to some people, but um, yes. So I'm going to find some time this weekend. Yeah, I think you're right to do that. I think because I haven't watched it all now, I think I was quite like that. When the episode ended, I did immediately want to go on to the next one. And I think each episode actually gets better considering it's a six parter. Um, I actually, I mean, I l- liked the first three episodes a lot, but I really, really enjoyed the last three, especially right. the last episode. So, you know, sometimes they lag a bit if they're a six parter. Um, in some ways it just seemed to get better and better each episode. So yeah, I think you will need to watch them maybe three and three or, or possibly all six in, in one go. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a good shout on my part just to defer the viewing for a few days. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Good plan. Um, We're recording this on Wednesday the 23rd of November. It is the 23rd. I just need to check because we're all over the shop. Um, I wish I could just, if I had a longer arm, I'd reach to my piano so that we could sing Happy Birthday to a certain (laughs) programme, but I can't quite reach the keys. Well, you Um, haven't thought about this very well, have you? No. You could have brought it over before we started recording so that it was there ready. It's very heavy. I probably would have moved the table. That'd be a lot easier. (laughs) But um, no, we're not going to sing them, are we? We're not going to subject our listeners to our singing, surely. Well. Well, Gary can. Yeah, they haven't heard us go full full belt on a song yet. (laughs) No, that's why I felt we might need some backing. Um, Um, Yes, that would be a disaster if we started singing. So, but yeah, 53 years old. 53 years since the junkyard the TARDIS landed in the junkyard well actually no it'd probably been there a while but since Ian and Barbara discovered the TARDIS in the junkyard let's put it that way um so quite a momentous episode absolutely and discovered a very grumpy old man yes especially if you watch the pilot he's even more grumpy I love love Hartnell in the pilot he's so vicious (laughs) he (laughs) is a brilliant proper grumpy old so-and-so Years, yeah. Um, so fifty-three years ago today, Doctor Who started. But that's what we love about Hartnell. Is yeah, that old grumpiness now and then that just get out of my way. That's it. And I want to see Peter be a bit more like that because I I don't want him to try and copy Hartnell, but I think Peter would be good as that type of slightly tetchy Doctor. You know, get, get a bit more of that tetchiness back. Yeah, because it is funny, isn't it? When you when you watch a Hartnell episode, he does. <laughs> he, he's so watchable isn't he he's great that, just that yeah. tetchy old yeah i'm trying to think what the one is we we reviewed recently and then i watched the following episode to see what it was like when he discovered the companions in the tardis i can't think what it was just because he goes mad he's like what are you doing in the ship yes ship and all this he's like going absolutely mad at them um is it, yeah, is, it? is it the one after the romans because he's yes in the, yes it is yeah. yeah in the romans he's very comical and laid back and very that's, that's, you know he's having a bit of fun he's having a he's yeah. on holiday isn't he yeah yeah and then the next one the the story after that i think that's the one where you said he goes back to being very tetchy and yeah yeah sure yeah i think so yeah i think it's that <laughs> one but he's always good fun so he kick-started it all um yeah william Hartnell. for 53 years happy birthday doctor who do you know what's great is on twitter this morning and we've had um a few uh mentions for the 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 big blue box account and and retweets and so on mm. is the amount of people who have said 
thank you for Doctor Who. Thank yeah. you because we've made so many friends. And a, a few that stick in my mind is people saying, um, our friend Martin Badwilf said, his tweet said, thank you, Doctor Who, but also thank you, Russell T. Davis, because mm. we grew up in the in the wilderness years. Yeah. And since 2005, we've made loads of friends. And I've seen loads of tweets saying similar things this morning. So that is really good. I, I love that about our fandom. You know, the Doctor Who fans, mainly. Yeah, no, that that's absolutely true, mate. Yeah, that echoes um, a bit what I was saying to you before we kicked off recording, actually, because I, I went to the 10th Planet event last weekend. Um, and it was great to meet the people that were there, like Tom Baker was there, Carol Ann Ford, William Russell, really, really nice guys. Um, and that was all good. But obviously, you know, it's so brief. You just meet them, hello, get an auto, a photo, whatever, move on. <laughs> the real thing, and I'm not just saying this because the event was fun, but what made the event was meeting up with the other guys yes. that I've got to know through Doctor Who. So like um, a lot of our listeners that we often mention, like Adam the Ultimate Whovian, you know, Cousins 2019, uh, Gallifrey 97 Forever, you know, these people that always comment and um, also a chap that I chat to a lot called Charlie Turner. Um, oh, Charlie. You know, I yep. met, yeah, I chat to him a lot, but I've never met him, but he was at the event. So, you know, it's just amazing how it brings it it does bring people together. There is something I think quite unique about the dot two yes. sort of community. There seems to be a sort of I don't know. There just seems to be a good buzz whenever you're around that particular group of fans. If mm-hmm. you like, you know, lots of cosplayers obviously, which always is always fun. But there is a, a friendliness most of the time anyway um, between the fans. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And you and I have said this a few times at conventions that you and I have been to together, where especially the festival that was on you know, the official Doctor Who festival and yeah, festival. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we said both you and I said exactly the same thing, almost word for word after the next day, whereas the festival was good, but what made it a, an amazing day was meeting up with, you know, our friends and other mm. um, Doctor Who fans and other cosplay, cosplay, cosplayers, podcasters, YouTube, you know, all those, the whole community is just, um, it's, it's, it's great. And you and I have met it, through it as a result of liking Doctor Who. None of yeah, this Blake yeah. well, Seven exactly, rubbish. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, I don't know many Blake Seven fans. I think that's why I always try and chat to you about it. You don't want to, you, just, you just don't want to know. Well, I keep trying to force you, a bit like my other half. <laughs> I keep trying to force him to get into it because um, I don't know many Blake Seven fans. It does. That's what I mean. It's it's very unique with Doctor Who. It does have a big appeal. Oh, um, massive! Yeah, but it, but it does. It does have a way of of bringing people together, if you like. But but no, in all honesty, that's that is true. I think when we go to these events and stuff, it's it's great just to meet people and, and, and chat about all the geeky stuff mm-hmm. there is to chat about with Doctor Who, yeah. Yeah, that's a wide appeal because we've made friends in America, Canada, France, Australia. Australia. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, America. Yeah, just all over the place. We chat to different... Yeah, yeah it's, it's really cool. It's about a bit cliched and everything, but we, it's one of the, the best things about doing something public, like a YouTube channel or a podcast, is being able to you know, chat to people and get their thoughts on things. And yeah, it's great. I love it. I just love yeah. it. I love it. I love it. And it is, it is, it is good to have a, um, a slightly different opinion as well. Like I was, uh, when we, oh, now I'm going to give something away. I was going to say, when we get onto the class review later, um, I was chatting to a few of the guys about class at the event as well, because I've seen quite a lot of positive tweets going on there. So I was sort of saying, 
Do you really like it, or are you just because <laughs> I'm struggling with it? So well, there was a good bit of um, good bit of chatter, class chatter as well, uh, you know. But we'll get to that later. We'll get to that in a second. But that is the good thing about fandom is to have a good old natter about difference of opinions on things. It's like episodes, isn't it? Some people will love a dot two episode, like Time and the Rani, and others won't. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Which is what makes it good. We can't all be the same, otherwise it'd be really boring. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, right. Before we move on to the news, you've been up to anything else? You've only been to the, you've only been to the one event this week, have you? Just the one. <laughs> yeah, just the one event. I think that'll be it. I think that's it now, though, because um, we'll be getting into December, and I don't think uh, don't think there'll be any more this year. So yeah, I went to my last event um, of the year, as far as I'm aware. It was, was really it was good. It was a good day. Um, it was very busy. Uh, um, Yes, it was good. But uh, honestly, the best part of it for me was meeting the fans because there were things about the event which I was a little bit not disappointed, but I felt was a little bit like the photos on the table that weren't particularly great. And, you know, um, and the prices were very high this time, stuff like that. So the event was good for what it was. But the best part of the day was meeting all the all the listeners and, and friends and stuff. So, yeah, I had a good time at that. Um, haven't really been up to much else, mate. No, I watched the... Children in Need clip um, on oh, online yeah. when I got back. You know, they previewed the... Uh, I thought it was going to be a trailer, but it was actually a scene mm. from the episode rather than a trailer. So, which was fine, but it seems sort of out of context because it starts with Capaldi with some chopsticks. So I was immediately thinking, what's going on? Um, it, in terms of what I thought of the clip, it was kind of exactly what I was expecting, if you know what I mean. Right. Um, have you, I take it you've seen it. I've seen it a few times now, yeah. Yep. So this is a preview clip from the return of Dr. Mysterio, the Christmas special. It's about, what, two minutes? Two or three minutes long, yeah, no longer than that. Yep. Yeah. Nothing really happens in it, does it? Um, Mysterio turns up, smashes through a window. I think there's a bit of a, there's some humour. I can't really remember, to be honest. It, it's we didn't Nardo, glean a it? lot about yeah. the episode. It's Nardo's in it. Um, yeah, we didn't really glean much about what the episode from it, I wouldn't say. No, it's, well... I thought it was quite cool, actually. Did you? Yeah, I I thought it was a good. Uh, I'm I'm not sure if that's a reflection on what the entire story is going to be like, but it did have a. Mm. I think the music as well, like a, a nice kind of adventurey, Christmassy feel to it as well. The music. Um, um, I, I must admit, as you've mentioned the music, that's the one thing I did stick in my head is that it was that same bit of music though. It was like the the Twelfth Doctor's. Was it? I can't no, remember. I remember thinking. No. I'm sure I heard something that i was just like go still using that bit of music okay i might be wrong as i said i've only watched it once so i probably should have go back and give another watch but yeah i thought it was okay the only yeah i mean nardo i don't know he provides a bit of humor in there he's quite funny i do quite like um nardo yeah well what's the i like his i like his coat (laughs) (laughs) what's his name luke um Matt Lucas. Matt Lucas, sorry. His name mm. escaped me. Um, yeah, I like Matt Lucas. I think he's very funny. I'm just not sure how Nardole's going to fit in to this story. Mm. I'm not sure. He's quite funny. But yeah, it gives us a little bit more to go on, I guess. Did it Did it whet your appetite for it? I mean, I'm starting to feel slightly more Christmassy now. Um, it did, a little bit, yes. Yeah. yeah mm. Now that I've seen a scene moving along, and we've got this, um, I don't know if he's a, a Russian or a sort of, He's some kind of Eastern European gangster type guy. He's pointing a gun at the doctor and so on. And then the superhero guy turns up and yeah. Yeah, I th- I'm, I'm interested. 
Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's good. I mean, as I said, it was kind of what I was expecting. I didn't didn't think it was great. Didn't think it was awful. I was just like, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I am. <laughs> you know. Yeah, like yeah, that'll do. That'll do for a weeknight. <sighs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just before we move on, actually, there was something we 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 realised we didn't cover last week, so we could probably just quickly do it now. Was uh, all this rumour about uh, Capaldi and Pearl? Um, oh. leaving at the end of series 10 and a clean slate for Chibnall and stuff. What do you reckon? No. No? No. No. No, you don't want to see it or no, you don't believe it? Well. Or both? Um, a bit of both. I can't, I don't think that will happen because, I, well, unless they're going to do one of the shortest companion runs that we've seen. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't want to see it. I think, crikey, we're, we're going back a few shows now maybe uh, well earlier on in the year when we were talking about um the whole moffat leaving and would would capaldi leave at the end and regenerate and we'll have a new doctor when chibbers takes over and mm-hmm. i remember saying it would be great to change it up slightly where capaldi does start series 11 but regenerates quite quickly into the series so maybe he only does a one or two episodes and then just to do something different yeah i would love to see that i'll tell you because um yeah i think it'd make a nice change you know the the last sort of few episodes since we've reviewed where there's been a regeneration Mm -hmm. they have been a bit odd like we we did when we did uh colin's first story and um you know we did attack and sideman the other week which was the first during his run but Mm -hmm. his actual regeneration story came at the end of Peter's run, bizarrely, and stuff like that. So I think it would make for an interesting change. And I just wonder if I might be ready for a new Doctor by 2018, is, is what I'm thinking. As much as I like Capaldi, although I don't like the way he's going at the minute, but um, as much as I like Capaldi, I just keep thinking, well, maybe I'll be ready for a new Doctor by then. You know, I'll have another series of Capaldi. You know, it'll be t- sort of, a you know, two years, whatever, a year and a half. So maybe by then I will be ready for a new Doctor. So I'm, I'm actually a bit in the middle on this one Hmm. um i don't want to see capaldi go but i've got to think ahead to a year and a half in front thinking well yeah maybe i will want a new doctor and i know this you i know you're going to disagree with this (laughs) but um eddie redmayne was chatting on the radio the other day and just said he would love to be the doctor yeah i would i can already gary's just throwing his head back i knew you disagree with me I really like Eddie Redmayne and I think he'd be great as the doctor, but, and here's the, but he would just remind me too much of Matt Smith because he's sort of that geeky floppy head, quite young. So I wouldn't actually want it to happen, but I do think, you know, given the right time, he'd he'd make a fantastic doctor, but I wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't work at this particular time. Yeah. Crikey. Um, Eddie Redmayne, I think he'd be a, a really good doctor. But as soon as uh, I think he put something out in an interview recently, didn't he? Saying that he'd love yeah, to be Doctor on the radio. Yeah. yeah. When I when I saw that, I immediately thought, yeah, he would be a great Doctor. Mm. And then immediately after that thought, I thought, no, he's too similar to Matt Smith. Exactly. Yeah. He's got that quirky, geeky thing going on. It's he's too. Yeah, I think they're too similar. Unless he portrays the character in a different way. But I mm. think he would be great. Um, and I think I think Capaldi will stay on. I, I honestly yeah. think he'll stay on for at least series 11, the first series with Chibbers, mm. before we see him go, I think. 
That's if he's going to go, I'd love to see him do what you just said. I'd love to see him do like half a series with Chibbers. You know, if he decides he wants to leave, mm-hmm. just, just, yeah, I think just to mix things up a bit, I think that'd be really interesting. Um, but whether it'll happen, I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Mm. <laughs> right. Shall we uh, whittle through some news? Yes, I think we should. Land the TARDIS, buddy. <laughs> First up is something that you and I spoke about because we heard rumblings of this yeah. a couple of months yep. back where the we heard about a classic Who writer was going to come f- through to the new stuff. Mm. Um, I think the Moth teased it at one of the US conventions and That's said right. that a classic writer was going to come back for Series 10. So we know who that is now. And you and I were both wrong. So that's no surprise there. Who did we say? Yeah, I think we were we were like Ben Aronovich. I was Ben, and you said, "Who did you say?" Uh, uh, can't remember. Can't remember. Yeah. yeah, but we were both wrong. But that should come to no surprise to anyone. So the classic writer is Rona Monroe. Yes, who wrote the actually very good script um, of Survival, mm. the last story in the classic era. Yes. So when he said a classic writer is coming back, she's just about <laughs> a classic writer because she's like right at the very end. But yeah. um, I quite, I quite like this. I think this is good. I do as well. Yeah, I'm very pleased. So yeah, I think when we reviewed Survival, we said you know it was a really good story. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps it didn't quite translate on screen, but it was a cracking story. And I think Rona Monroe's gone on to become quite acclaimed. I think she's gone on to do quite good things. She so has. yeah, yep. very happy that she's back for the. Um, for the new series. I think that's great. Yeah. And also very pleased that Jamie Matheson is coming back mm. as well, because I really, although, although I didn't like the episodes from series nine, which, um, what were they called? The girl who fell asleep and the, the woman who <laughs> took a breath or so. I can't remember those. I wasn't very impressed with whichever one of those he co-wrote with the moth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really did like his stories, um, in series eight, Mommy on the Orient Express and, Flatline, I thought were actually two of the best stories from that series. So, yeah, very, very pleased that these are coming back. Um, in fact, I'm very excited because haven't been overexcited about Series 10, but I, I certainly am excited to see these two back, yeah. Yeah, I concur. Mm. Good stuff. Um, and, yeah, I think just to echo your, your thoughts there, um, Survival is a great story on, pa- mm. on paper. Um, but yeah, some of the yeah, things in, in the, <laughs> in the, uh, in the story, yeah. in the production itself were a bit, um, yeah, but still, you know, it's not a bad watch, but yeah. So that's that. Yeah, I still like you, but I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. If we fight like animals, <laughs> we die like animals. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all, it's all good news. So yeah. Very good news from that. Okay. In other news, Big Finish has been nominated for a radio drama award, uh, which is very exciting. Um, this is, there's been three. Uh, audios nominated which is absent friends which was the first part of the eighth doctor play uh, doom coalition mm-hmm. in doom coalition three death and the queen which was the third story in the tenth doctor range and torchwood more than this so those are the three that have been nominated um i've heard two of those i haven't heard the torchwood one um absent friends is quite good death and the queen 
I enjoyed, mm, but yeah. a bit of a strange choice because it's a bit. Um, it's a very easy listen. I wouldn't say it's anything outstanding, so I'm a little bit surprised at that. What, what, what about you? I mean, tortured. I haven't heard, so I can't can't say. But yes, um, it's yeah. I've only heard Death and the Queen out of those three. Yeah. So yeah, um, I would like to have seen one of the older Doctor stories in there because there've been some cracking mm. older stories in there. Um, uh, a, a couple of the um, Tom Baker stories have been really good from his um, monthly range. Oh, yeah. And a couple of the McCoy ones as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, they did win. They they won this um, back in 2014. Uh, what did they win? It was for Dark Eyes. Oh, Dark Eyes, which is very good, actually. That's the, yeah, the first Dark Eyes. I think they did three or maybe four, actually. It was four. First Dark Eyes was a really good set. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, that was... I haven't heard it. My, I still need to. It's very good. The first one, it kind of lost yeah. its way a little in the second and third sets, but but yeah, Dark Eyes One's an excellent set. Um, but yeah, good nominations. Uh, they are up against another cracking release though, that which isn't by Big Finish, um, which is uh, the Baker's End um, release from Baffle Gab. Uh, what was it called? <laughs> the Cat's Cradle, is it? Oh, I forget now. Let's have a look. Um, all right yeah that you really like that play didn't you um, it did yeah what's yeah. it called baffle gab it's got a subcategory like the cat's ba- cradle baker's end the king of cats that's it the king of cats is yeah. a great fun release yeah so it's up against that um so all, all you know happy to see any of those win actually even mm. the one i haven't heard torchwood but yeah it's going to be announced uh, they're having a bit of a do a bit of a ceremony <laughs> uh, January, hosted by Lenny Henry, and uh, that's when they'll be announcing the finalists. So, yeah, good luck to Big Finish, and uh, also good luck to Baffle Gab, because, um, yeah, they're all very good, to be fair. Indeed. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Uh, right. Shall we let those Daleks in? They're desperate yes. to come in. Go on. Get them in. Match corner. Match corner. Match corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Right. Um, those guys over at Lavazzi. Uh, you will know um, the name Lavazzi if you've ever purchased one of the uh, official um, Tom Baker scarves or the mm-hmm. uh, Fifth Doctor cricket jumpers or anything like that. Um, these guys, um, they do a really good range of um, uh, official Doctor Who stuff. Um, and they've literally just um, uh, brought out one of their um, uh, scarves. It's a really nice, um, light sort of looking scarf, and it's a Dalek pattern, um, which apparently only these guys have got the the license to use, which is cool. And they're giving away um, five of these, um, and it's to celebrate the release of the Power of the Daleks. And um, it is super easy to enter the competition. All you need to do... Um, is head over to, um, have they got it on their homepage for Levazzi? Um If you head over to um, uh, the Levazzi, um homepage, which is just levartsy.co.uk, uh, on their homepage there it says, um, win a brand new scarf. So click here, and then all you've got to do is put your name, email address in, and answer the question, who plays the Doctor's companion, Ben Jackson? Is it Michael Grays, Arthur Darville, or Fraser Hines? So you just need to um, pop your answer there, your name, address, email address, and you'll be entered into the draw. And they've got five of them to give away, and they look really cool. 
Their stuff's lovely. I really like the Lavasi stuff. Yeah, it's, so that's well worth entering. Absolutely, and they've done. I may pop really... my answer in now. <laughs> yeah, you're doing now, yeah. And they've um, also um, uh, had this really cool um, infographic made for Power of the Daleks as well, mm. which goes through um, history of the story, a load of facts, uh, a breakdown of some of the scenes, and a bit of the. Uh, script and so on it looks really nice um so it's all it, fair play to those guys for you know creating a bit of buzz around the release of this and and so on but yeah win yourself a dalek pattern doctor who scarf so head over to lavazzi.co.uk and you'll see a link there to enter the competition yeah lovely you don't even need a self-addressed envelope either just all online <laughs> <laughs> okay um in uh, other merch news uh, this is very cool actually um so there's been a new comprehensive guide to the novelizations um of the doc- the podcast yeah um and it's yeah so yeah it's based on the popular BBC television serial which says the front uh, compiled and edited by Paul Smith um and the best thing about this is it's free because I was thinking I was reading the little blurb about this and it basically goes into detail, um, you know, of all the sort of novelizations for the TV series. It gives you all the breakdown of the covers when they released, the reissues, the audio readings, everything you can sort of think of. I thought oh, that's good. It'd be nice to have that. But it's actually a free PDF. So you just download the PDF. You get all the info on there. And the reason they've done that is so that they can regularly update it. So it'll be like an ongoing thing because mm. obviously we've got um, the pirate planets just coming out. So that's already on there. They've already got some of the details for that. But as it gets brought out in other formats or any sort of news they've got on it, they'll add that to it. So it's really good. Uh, you just need to go to www.wonderfulbook.co.uk to download the free PDF of this. Nice cover as well. It's got like a television set with the Pertwee beginning you know like the pertwee intro yeah graphic on it which is just very simple but really nice I quite like that so yeah really nice little free thing it, it really and you can't do better than free let's be honest you can't do better than free. and just to confirm the title of the book is called based on the popular bbc television serial that's what the book's called and one thing yeah that it's is, not the most yeah. popular title but <laughs> yeah one thing that is good though is like you said it will be updated and so on. So, mm. um, if you if you're thinking about getting into the novelizations and and all that stuff, this is a good place to start. This will list everything, all the books in order, or most of the books in order, and you can sort of dive in and see which ones you want to you want to pick up, which is good. Yeah, no, it's a really good little thing. Yeah, Indeed. right. I think we should talk about class for a little bit. I suppose we better add. Yes, it's episode six called something like. Detained, is it? Detained, De- yeah. Detained, yes. Here we go. Guys, stop! 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 It. stop it. Is this who we are now? Just endless angry truths, the worst things we think about each other. He's got into our heads enough to start us fighting. And this room is obviously only going to make us angrier and angrier. That's not a bad explanation. I know! Music. <laughs> You think you know me? You think I'm this pampered prince? You want confessions? I'll give you confessions. Mm. Ooh, Ooh, prince getting in a right tizzy. <laughs> right, episode, episode six, detained, where we see 
all of our main cast trapped in a in a space prison, um, mm-hmm. i.e., a classroom where this meteorite thing is like a a, a, a traveling prison, if you like, and it's coming through the rift and then it explodes and then a fragment of it and it locks them into their own prison. And I think the idea behind it is they have to confess in or, you know, in order to, because each one of them is trapped. Each one of them has to confess something to them to draw out, you know, this sort of horrible, nasty prisoner person um, who is currently in this jail with them virtually, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, and yes, uh, can you, um, do you want to go first on this one? (laughs) Not really. Okay. I'll go. Go on. Go on. You go first. So this to me, I, I felt was very much drawn. I think a a big inspiration for this story was the episode midnight. Yes. The David Tennant, um, Yes, it was all the way through it. I was trying to think. This reminds me of something. What? What is this like? Um, and it wasn't until somebody mentioned it on Sunday. I was like, "Yes, that's it." Okay, midnight. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I agree with you. Yeah. Yes, it's essentially a bunch of people in a room, and it doesn't rely on locations or special effects or anything. It's just a bunch of people in a, people in a room, and it's down to their acting skills to keep us. Um, entertained and drawn to the story and so on and i for me they are worlds apart yeah absolutely Um, i I really like midnight it's one of my favorite um episodes is it series four it is isn't it it's donna Donna. so it must be yes yeah it's one of my favorite episodes of series four it's a cracking episode yeah so good and now let um, it in some ways it's not a fair comparison because if you look at the 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 caliber of acting talent when you know some of the actors who are in midnight uh, not just david tennant but some of the other um people they are experienced you know actors i mean david tennant mm-hmm. yeah what can you say you know so these are relatively new actors you know yeah not as experienced and so on so it's not a 100% true comparison it's not really fair to to go up you know one to one however um, I found I like some of the other episodes previously with class. I just find myself drifting off every time. Yeah. Um, and I, it was were, so boring again. Yeah, I was I was bored to death. And you all and the I, way through it, we yeah. probably sound like broken records about this. Well, don't we? people are probably thinking, "Oh, come on, guys, you've got to check." But it's just we're not going to lie to you guys and be like, "Yeah, it's great." And then when we finish recording, we're like, "Well, that was crap." Yeah, you know, we're not going to do that. And, and it's the same thing for me. A few minutes in, I think to myself, "This could be cool. Mm. This could be a good episode." But then, twenty minutes in, I'm checking Twitter and I'm looking on Instagram and I'm writing tweets to people and replying on Facebook and stuff like that. And then I look up and nothing's happened. (laughs) And I go back to my phone and then a couple of minutes, it just really, it's not doing it. I'm really sorry. It's just not doing it. No, I absolutely (laughs) concur. I was, I was bored. I really didn't enjoy it. It was 45 minutes of bad acting, lots of shouting, a a really paper thin plot with a rubbish conclusion. And do you know what you just said about, you know, the listeners thinking, come on guys, I, I honestly nearly texted you after watching this and said, 
should we stop reviewing them? Because I just don't want to bore our listeners week after week with with me rambling on about how rubbish I think it is. Because I know there are people out there enjoying it. Um, I know Loopy Lou, one of our listeners, tweeted to say how much she enjoyed it. But I've got to agree with you, mate. I was just... I was sat there thinking, I'm so glad there's only two episodes left. Mm-hmm. And God, do I hope that there's something in there that I can enjoy because I don't want to come on here and moan every week about how rubbish I think it is. Um, but it was dreadful. I, I was just I was just so yeah bored throughout. Um, and I thought the acting was poor. I know they're new actors. I know we've got to give them a bit of slack and all that. But, um, but yeah, it's not doing it for me. I just want to say this. If it... If we weren't reviewing it for the podcast, and if it hadn't, didn't have any connection to Doctor Who, I would not be watching the series. I would have given up after this. Well, I probably would have given up after the episode four, to be honest. I wouldn't be watching it if this didn't have any connection to Doctor Who, because I'm just not enjoying it at all so far. And I'm not. I don't even like the characters anymore. I mean, I quite like them to begin with. Uh, you know, episode one, I was like, yeah, these are a kooky little group of guys. Um, but now they're just becoming bratty selfish unlikable they don't even like each other so i just i'm just yeah i've lost heart with the series big time um and i i don't know if the next two episodes are going to change but right now i'm i'm pretty much done with it i'm literally only watching it because it's got doctor who connection and because we're reviewing them and uh, and i apologize for listeners um that enjoy it that you know probably sat there thinking shut up stop moaning because i don't want to do that which is why i thought maybe i should just stop reviewing them but um but that's how i feel i didn't enjoy it at all no i'm with you mate i'm i'm totally with you on that one it's uh if 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 it wasn't connected to who and we hadn't start the the train going along the tracks of doing these reviews i probably wouldn't be watching it now i'd have given up after episode three for me Right, because we 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 were we were gonna we weren't sure whether we were going to review it to begin with were we and then we both found things in episode one that were enough to make us think yeah yeah we should get on board with this series but yeah i'm sort of well i don't regret it now but i'm just i just i feel for our listeners is all because um you know me and you can have a good old moan off air and we don't have to you know subject other people to it but yeah i am regretting sort of the series so far i just i just don't think it's what i what i was expecting somehow and i'm just yeah i'm just not enjoying it i read you man and it felt like they were trying very hard to do something um, minimal and, yeah. you know, just do the whole the whole acting thing, which is fine. That's fine. And there were little pockets of it where I thought, you know, this could this could go somewhere. This could be good. But we're just going over things that we've already they've already done in the last couple of episodes, like the relationship between um, Charlie and Matthews, Ma- Matthias. Matthias, Matthias, yeah. Matthias. His accent, man. Yeah. Did they push him to the? They wow. pushed him to the yeah. limit this week. He had, a, he had quite a bit of dialogue. He had to really keep that accent going this week. Yes. Um, do you know what? Despite the dodgy acting accent, he's about one of the few characters I even have the remotest bit of likability factor for me. He's the only one that I'm thinking, yeah, he's all right, and he's he's gonna he's obviously gonna be the one that gets it in the final or whatever, mm-hmm. but. Um, but yeah, he's he's the only one. But but yeah. the accent just is uh, putting me off. But yeah. the rest of them, I mean, they're they're just becoming horrible, aren't they? They're not even likable anymore. Well, I think that is. Um, I I think that is part of the story a little bit. I think they were yeah. the story was designed to create that environment where they were 
turning on each other because this meteorite thing sort of sort of created this atmosphere of of anger and and all that stuff. So I think in I think that was partly by design for them to be like that with each other. And the whole truth thing when they're holding a bit of meteorite, they have to tell the truth. You know, it's a truthful thing. So yeah. I think it was part of design, but. The overall thing that we said the last five weeks now, it's just boring. That's the only it, thing. It's yeah. I could you know sometimes you can put up with, you know, a dodgy script or, you know, not not a great story and so on. And we've said it lots of times about some of the episodes we've reviewed where the story's not been that great or the script's not that great. But wow, Matt Smith has just carried it and made it enjoyable. Hmm. Or Tom Baker's just made it a cracking story, even if the script wasn't that great. So um, it's not, you, you can't even say that, you know, because the acting skills are not quite, you know, they're not quite there. And and also for me, I feel like this would have been a great opportunity. It, it would never happen. But if this wasn't made by the BBC, I think this could have been better as well. Mm. And, and the reason why I say that is it it, it just feels like they've, feels like they haven't, you know, stretched their wings far enough to create this immersive universe because mm. we because every single episode, it's we're going back into Coal Hill Academy, whatever it is now. And it's just, I think you said this right at the beginning when we started reviewing them, you know, how are they going to mix it up? How are they going to keep us interested? Because otherwise it's always going to be every week we're back at Coal Hill. Oh, something else is coming through the rift. Yeah, and it's just going to repeat itself over and over and over again. So, and I think by the BBC slashing the budgets and putting it online only and all that, it just hasn't done it any favors. I, I see. I'm wondering how they can sustain that because if this somehow manages to get another series, I just cannot see how they can sustain that same format week after week. Because yeah, this one starts with the crack opening and something coming through. And it's like, oh god, you know, it's just it's just been done now. I'm I'm really bored of the format. I'm I'm done with the show. I'll be honest with you. I'm so glad there's only two episodes left. Um, I'm really hoping there is something in there that I can find to be positive about next week. I really just want there to be something. You know, like you said, even sometimes when an episode is not up to scratching your opinion, you can find a little nugget in there or a nice scene or something you liked about it. Mm -hmm. um, and I haven't found that at all the last couple of weeks. So please let there be something good in the last two episodes. Um, it looks like it's very much focused around Miss Quill next week. Um, and thankfully she is one of the <laughs> only characters that I'm remotely invested in. I think she's, she's quite interesting um, probably because the rest is so bad, but I actually do quite like Miss Quill. Um, so I am really hoping that next week, uh, I will have, have something positive to say because I'm really done with it, I'm afraid. Yeah, I was going to say that next week, and it's got quite a long title next week's one, The Metaphysical Engine or What Quill Did. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, uh, that looks like it could be a, a good one. I hope so. It looks yeah. like that could be the one out of the series that could show the potential. And if they go on to make a second series, maybe we'll hopefully see more of that that we're going to see next week. Yeah, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Um, yeah. what, what are you going to score it? I'll give this one a three. Yeah, oh, I'll, I'm going to agree with you, three. Three. Yeah. Yes. So that's class. Let's move on. Let's move Let's on. get away from it. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's go and see some walking potatoes. Yay! Right, what are we doing this week, buddy? 
Okay, so this week it's Tom Baker. I wish I could get my voice deep enough. Story, the Sontaran Experiment. Star! Still about your butcher's ways, Star. You! But I killed you! Another mistake, Star. You've fallen right into our trap. Trap? Yes. Those people you've been so cleverly evaluating are not Earth warriors. They're our slave class, the lowest form of human intelligence. You lie! Do you think those puny creatures could conquer half a galaxy? No, Star. I represent the true warrior class. Evaluate me if you dare. Ah. Is that the Sontaran way? The mighty warrior sheltering behind his gun. I challenge you, Star. Single combat. Or are you afraid? Afraid? A Sontaran afraid? Loving the Colin Baker style reply there. Yeah, yes, <laughs> double. Afraid? <laughs> yeah, that's more like it. There we go. Right, the Centauran Experiment. Mm. This was broadcast in 1975. <gasps> Went out in Feb, 22nd of Feb, and then part two was the 1st of March. Wow. So this is a strange little two-parter. Yeah, it is. In the midst of a whole series of four and six-parters. And it was uh, written by Bob Baker and Dave Martin and directed by Rodney Bennett, uh, overseen by Mr. Hinchcliffe and Mr. Holmes, actually. Robert Holmes was a script editor. Yeah. Yeah. And it is the hardest team of the fourth Doctor with Sarah Jane and Harry Sullivan. Nice team. Yes, and it follows. It's sandwiched between two cracking stories. It is. I think this might be why it sometimes gets a bit lost and forgotten because it is sandwiched between two mm. big old bookends, isn't it? Yeah, two classics. Yeah. So mm. the, the, it, it's almost well. It is a, a direct follow-on from the Ark in Space because they mention mm-hmm. the the space uh, station that they're on, and which is the the Nerva space station. So the Ark in Space. That story happens on the Nerva. And they they teleport down um, to the planet below, don't they? Um, yeah. Using the transmat, which the which some of the um, the the humans left on the planet are not fans of. They don't travel by a transmat. No, no, no. <laughs> it's unreliable. Yeah. And when they uh, so once they've teleported down to the planet, they find that well, they're expecting to find nothing at all on Earth, aren't they? Because Earth has been um, uninhabitable since the um, the solar flares. Yeah, so they've had to evacuate ago. to Nerva mm. and all that, all these different places because of solar flares or something. Yeah, so yeah. Earth is barren. Yes, um, yeah. And but they do find some some humans running around. There are some knocking about still, mm. and they're in hiding essentially from this uh, horrible alien, which we don't get to see until a bit further on. Yeah, uh, which happens to be. Uh, a Centauran, as yes. the name would suggest, Steyr. And, uh, yeah, so he's, the, the, the whole sort of idea for the story is that the Centaurans are planning to attack the planet, um, which, when you look back at it in hindsight, is a bit ridiculous, really, because there's no one there. So yeah. it doesn't need much of plan. It doesn't need much planning, really. Uh, but anyway... Stye is there and he has to run through a series, a series of experiments 
um, so that the Centaurans can then uh, tweak their battle plan to make the most of their enemies' weaknesses. So Steyr has been experimenting on these humans and is, and is reporting back to the Centauran uh, fleet. And they're ready to attack, but as always, the Doctor is there to thwart the plan. Yes. And that's essentially it. Um, right, so what do you reckon, dude? Centauran experiment. Um, it, it is a little bit of a filler episode, <laughs> um, but I still found it quite enjoyable to watch. So I did, I did like it. Yeah, it, it's it's a very simple story, isn't it? Um, but I found it very watchable. Uh, not the best. I can see why it gets lost, as I said, between the Ark in Space and Genesis of Daleks, two cracking stories, um, which is probably why I haven't watched this since the DVD came out, because I watched it when I bought it, and I haven't watched it since. Um, but I really enjoyed rewatching it, yeah. Not the best, but just a, a very easy watch, I thought. Um, yeah, overall pretty good. Yeah, that's how that's I pretty much think the same. It's you can mm. tell that it's a little bit filler, and I think the reason for that is because Mr. Hinchcliffe decided because originally this was meant to be a six-parter, so the arc in space was meant to be six parts, yeah. with the final two being this story, and that was I don't know why, but he decided to split them up and do the arc in space as a four-parter, and this is a little two-parter. So it's a bit of a it's a crazy little story if you th- mm-hmm. when you think about it in relation to the other stories in this series. It is a little bit jarring as well because the arc in space is all studio. Yep. You know, everything is filmed inside a studio. There's no location. And then most of Genesis of the Daleks is inside, bar a few yeah. quarries. Um, but mm-hmm. the majority of it is inside. This one, there's no studio at all. It's all location, isn't it? Yeah. The entire thing. So it does kind of, and this would only apply if you're watching, you know, series 12 all the way through from start to finish. (laughs) If you're doing a giant marathon, it would be a bit jarring because you're thinking, wow, the audio sounds different. (laughs) You know, it's everything's different. All their hair's being blown around. Tom Baker looks a bit different, but it is a bit of a crazy episode. Um, and also, it is a bit jarring because, like I said, I haven't watched um, this for a while. I haven't watched Ark for quite a long time. And I haven't watched Genesis for quite a long time either. So there's three stories in a row that, that do connect um, that I haven't watched for a long time. So jumping into this one in the middle, I, I did at first find it a bit jarring because I couldn't quite remember what was going on because there isn't any real explanation, is there? They land, they start repairing the transmat. Mm-hmm. There's no TARDIS, um, there's the teleporting. So I had to re- sort of go back and remind myself what was happening in, in terms of the, the sort of first five minutes of the story. So in that sense as well, it is a little bit jarring. Because um, hmm. I think if you were a new viewer, if you just bought this this story and you hadn't seen the other two, you might wonder what on earth's going on. Like, what? why are they teleporting? What, what's, what, what are they repairing? Why are they doing that? Yeah. So I had to sort of, I had to go back and remind myself what happened in the Argus space to sort of get the full benefit of this story, if you like, but not a big thing, but, but I think if you were just watching this as a standalone story, it's, it starts off a sort of almost feels like you're starting on episode two. If you know what I mean, you sort of feel like you're missing something hmm. at the start. It, it's definitely worth watching these all together. Even if you don't watch yeah. them all in one sitting, it's worth over a few days or a weekend sticking these on um because they are linked quite nicely yeah, there isn't yeah. this huge Stephen moffat style arc that's going on where it's all sort of intertwined it all it does is just link the beginning and ends 
Yeah, which pretty is quite much, cool. Yeah. So at the end of Ark in Space, they think, well, their plan is to teleport down to Earth to repair something, isn't it? They need to repair something on Earth. The and then transmit or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's when they get caught up in this whole Centauran thing. And then at the end of this one, when they teleport, they think they're being they're going to teleport back to the Nerva ship. Um, they get picked up by the Time Lords, don't they? That's right. And yes. Then, and then they he gets told that he has to go and um, effectively stop Davros creating the Daleks. Mm. So it, when we say they're all linked together, we, we, it's not this horrible Matt Smith, Stephen Moffat. You know, let's link every bloody thing into everything else and all that lot. It, it's quite a nice, you know, they're, they're isolated stories, but just at the very end and the beginning of each one, that's how they get from where they were into this story, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. they link very nicely. Like you said, you don't have to watch them hmm. um, all together, but if you do, it is a very nice little link because yeah. then we get, is it Revenge of the Cybermen after Genesis when they go back to Nerva? Because mm. um, that sort yeah. of brings yep. things full circle i think yeah it's so long since i've watched this series and me this too. really made me want to go back i think because i know genesis the dalek so well i have seen it a lot of times just not for a long time um but yeah watching this has really made yeah it's after yeah followed by revenge of simon really made me want to to go back and, and watch this whole series um yeah it, like you yeah. said in order yeah that's right yeah because at the end of genesis of the daleks they use the time ring and they think, it, again, yeah. that they're going back to Nerva. They're going back to the Nerva station, which they do, but the TARDIS is missing. And then we kick off onto another story. So all it does is just transfer the characters from one location to the next to carry on that story. So it's really, yeah. it's really you, you've got to have a lot of respect for, um, for people like Robert Holmes and Philip Hinchcliffe for sort of orchestrating this really nice flow of stories throughout the series, you know, where it's not overcomplicating things. You don't have to think, oh, Christ, do I have to watch like nine hours worth of classic Who to get what's <laughs> yeah, going to get on? It. Um, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, um, definitely. And right, so the story, I mean, the stories are not big, because it's a two-parter and they're only 25 minutes long, they can't, you know, they can't sit around and, uh, and ponder things too much. They've got to get on with it, mm. which is nice in a way. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the... Uh, the story itself is dead simple, which is kind of cool for classic Who, because mm. it and they and it's explained quite early on as well. Sort of towards the end of the first episode, we we see um, Steyer, the Centauran, mm-hmm. and emerge from his golf ball from his golf ball. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you immediately think, right, okay, it's a Centauran. And then after that, in episode two, we find out that he has to do these experiments, and his buddies are up ready to attack. And that's it. That is the crux of the matter. It's all about stopping mm. him from completing these experiments because otherwise there's going to be a Centauran invasion. So yeah. it's good to just follow along something relatively simple. There is an intertwining. There's not... The links. Yeah. And in some classic Who, the, the, it's quite often a case where the cast will split up. So the Doctor and someone will go off and you won't see him again for two episodes while this companion or so-and-so are off doing that. And then two or three episodes later, they'll come back together and so on. In this one, they do do that, but it's not as drawn out. So Harry goes off and Sarah Jane, she goes off, you know, and uh, she gets captured and Harry falls down a big hill. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sarah Jane gets captured. The doctor rescues her. So it's, 
I I, fa- I found it a really nice watch. Yeah, because it's only I did as well. A, yeah, it's only an hour or just under an hour, it's like fifty minutes. Or some really cool. And I, I was going to say, I love the link you talk about links. I love the fact that that Sarah Jane recognizes the Sontara, and it's a lovely throwback to her first episode, isn't it? Where she's like, "Links," although it's not links, it's Dyer. And I love the fact he's so, for you know, force, forcefully corrects. He's like, "I am not." You may have seen one of us. You know, he's sort of like, he, do you know, it's funny because I often think that Dan Starkey sometimes goes over the top um, as. Um, uh, what's the what's his Strax. song called? I forgot. Strax. Yeah. Um, but actually, watching this, he's managed to incorporate a lot of the the features. Actually, I was thinking, yeah, maybe I maybe I need to give Dan a break because actually, he's he's got a lot of this spot on. Um, you know, the way perhaps he does go a bit more over the top <laughs> than uh, than the chap playing Steyer does. But yeah, he's definitely got that sort of humorous, but still taking himself very seriously. Mm-hmm style that the Sontarans have um i thought yeah yeah i thought that as well i thought that especially in the way that he talks as strax mm. he picks up these little very um the Sontarans, they always well Steyer and strax anyway they always talk like they're on that edge of losing it <laughs> yes <laughs> you know, they're, <laughs> that's they're, right they're yeah. kind of keeping <laughs> it under control but they're always infuriated by sort of inferior um dialogue that they have to partake in they just want to get on with it so they're always on that cusp of like you know i'm going to lose it any second if you don't do what i say and he has that really he there were some scenes where some of the sentences that steyer says you can tell that dan starkey would have watched that because the way that he delivers certain lines it sounds so similar and I'm not sure realize, now, but yeah. I think he might call them human scum at some point. I'm not sure. For, does Steyer say something like that? It, there was definitely bits where he was coming out with lines. I thought, right, yeah. I mm. thought the same thing. I thought, yeah, Dan Stark has clearly watched this. Um, I think he might say human scum in this. He, something like that. He definitely something that I thought um, has been picked up and used in the new series. I thought that was quite nice. He might have um, done that. The only, thing, mm. yeah, the only thing I would say, though, is that um, the mask on Steyer... <laughs> is unfortunately nowhere near as good as it was on Lynx in the Time Warrior. Um, it just looks a bit rubbery, whereas I think in the Time Warrior, it actually did look like a very organic, definitely a lot dirty. It didn't look so flimsy, and it was definitely patched up better around the eyes. Um, it's not a big thing. I mean, I don't mind it at all. It's just uh, it's strange to think that a production that was some years before managed to do that better because the mask in is the time warrior isn't it, it yeah is. yeah yeah looks looks really really good i think um and it's the same actor as well isn't it playing the Sontar, and it's the same guy kevin Lindsay. Uh, yeah yeah um it's, it, it still works it still looks good it's just um yeah when he first takes the helmet off <laughs> it it definitely doesn't have the quite the same effect as it did in the time warrior um unfortunately due to the mask but it's mainly the eye bit they just didn't yeah. quite get it right in this one well, yeah. that's um, that's interesting because it's, it's exactly the same costume. Yeah, but a, bit, but a different mask from the Time Warrior. It's exactly the, everything's the same. Um, yeah. It's just that the mask has perished a bit. Yeah, probably so, ended up like it does at the end of this episode. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Yeah, because yeah, um, well, that was another one of um, Philip Hinchcliffe's things was um, that they didn't at, at first they didn't know what alien they were going to have as this alien on Earth. And he said, well, we've already got a Centauran costume in the lockup. Let's just use it. We don't have to spend oh, any right. money. You know, let, we don't have to spend any money um, 
sourcing another costume or building one or whatever. Let's yeah. just use the Santaran costume we've got hanging up back there. Oh, right. So ah. it's the same costume and everything. It's just been not well looked after as everything, you know, in classic who it <laughs> yeah, just gets dusted down, thrown onto the back of a something and then just gets mm. left there in the cold and the rain and whatever. So, <laughs> um, but yes, uh, Centaur, what do you reckon to Centaurans? Because there's always been a, a big um, a, a big thing around Centaurans, especially in recent years, mm. it, with the appearance of Strax, where people have complained that you know, the, the threat of Centaurans has been diluted a lot because Strax is now just this sidekick guy. And mm. what did you think? What do you think the classic Centaurans are like? I think they're quite ruthless and a little bit. I quite like them. Yeah, I, I would. I would agree with that. I, th- I think they have definitely, like a lot of things, unfortunately, like the Sidemen and the Daleks, I do think they have been diluted in the new series when you go back and watch the classics like this. Because, yeah, I love the classic series on Tarans, Um And I think that's really why I enjoyed this one. Because, uh, what did you say the actor's name was? Kevin Lindsay, yeah. playing Steyer. Um, he also plays the Marshal. So there's that one scene where he's technically talking to himself, playing two parts, which I thought was fantastic. That must have been really fun to film. Um, but it's good because you, you definitely get the difference in character between the Marshal being, I'm in control here, mm-hmm. and Steyer very much wanting to complete his mission and being like the pupil or whatever. So, um, no, I, I really like the classic series, Sontar. And they, like I said, they managed to, have a bit of humor to them which is in some ways unintentional because they're you know their characteristics are very um sort of um bombastic and full of themselves like you said they're just plowing on doing what they want to do and they're not interested in anything else so but they yeah they still manage to become across as quite ruthless like you said when they're crushing that poor man's chest you know old Steyer he's he's not interested he doesn't care that it's a you know, that guy's dying. He just needs that information for his mission. So Precisely. they yep. are ruthless, but they are also unintentionally quite funny as well. They are. But yeah, yeah. They've, they've, I think they've ramped that up to a bit too much to 11 in the new series. I think they have lost a bit of their... I don't find the new series Santar and scary at all, actually, thinking about it. No, I think yeah. they've, they've injected... Uh, there was one story that wasn't great at all. I think it was called the Santaran Stratagen. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm that was a tenant story. Yeah. yeah, where that American whiz kid, got, you know. Yeah, I think that was the one, and that just didn't. They just didn't seem to have any. There was no foreboding at all in that story. And as no. uh, uh, I do like Strax, I think he's a great character, and he's very funny, and he does fit into the whole Paternoster thing. I, I really enjoy, you know, one of the big finish plays that he did with the with Jago and Lightfoot. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Really good story, and it was really great. But for me, the classics and Sirens—that's where it's at, because they they haven't the the prime directive, and I don't mean from a Centauran perspective. I mean from the writers and the producers of the show. Their their main thing was to have a threatening force, mm. and the Centaurans do that very really well. It's a bit yeah. like the classic Cybermen. They do that really well for most for the most part, but in the, the newer series, nah, it does, you just don't feel that threat as much, and you know, absolutely, yeah, I agree with you. So for me, I love the classics and sirens, and I like Steyer, although he's an evil so and so, and he is, and he's ready just to kill because he's killed people. You know, we see the guy chained up, and that yeah. was experiment number four, I think it was. <laughs> um, he was basically starving him, he, or no, fluid deprivation. That was it. Um, experiment yeah. number five 
fluid. So he had killed him off without even thinking about it. He's just walked. And when he's reporting back to the marshal, he's, he's just explaining how weak humans are. They're reliant on uh, fluids. And, all, and you just think, wow, this is cruel. This is real hard. <laughs> it's like that bit with Sarah Jane, isn't it, where he subjects her to the fear test. That's right. Or whatever yep. it is. That's all very bizarre, isn't it? That, I, do you know what? I've got to say, for <laughs> 1970s Who, that snake no. is not bad. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> her, her ropes around her arms turned into a snake at one point. Did you? I bet you were laughing. I was your head. cracking up. Oh, I didn't think that was too bad for 70s Who. I thought the... Um, I, I thought the the rice pudding around her ankles was good. <laughs> Unlimited rice pudding. Unlimited rice pudding. Yes. <laughs> What's well, the other thing good. that happens? There's, there's that. There's and the she snake. looks up at the boulders that she thinks are going to fall oh. on top of her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And all the wild stars just like taking it all in. Yeah. Making a few notes. Yeah. Yeah. That's where Tom Baker, that scene where he saved Sarah Jane, that's where Tom Baker fell over and broke his collarbone. His collarbone, it? yeah. Yeah, so he was rushed off to hospital. And you can tell, actually, for the part, for a lot of part two, I mean, Terry Walsh doubles for him a lot because of it, because he has got he had to have his arm in a sling, didn't he? And I think there is one scene where he's talking to Harry and he's sort of using his scarf as a sling, if you look carefully. Um, oh, so, okay. yeah, I think yeah. Tom, would, yeah, it's, it's about halfway through episode two, they're sort of sat and you can just see that Tom's got his arm Mm-hmm. wrapped up in a in his long scarf in a sling um so he was yeah he was in quite a lot of pain i think for the, for a lot of the filming of this or halfway through he's got a bit too energetic because he was quite new i mean this is very very uh, this is tom's first series so i think he was going for it um and just got a bit too a bit excited. carried away went yeah. flying apparently <laughs> yeah down down the dartmoor cliffs yeah, poor old tom <laughs> well let's talk about the location actually because mm. the they resisted the urge to do it all in a quarry. Yeah. Uh, location looks lovely, actually. Dartmoor, isn't it? It's great. Hmm. And it's very... I thought it was a great location. Mm. Really added to the... Sort of the atmosphere of the story. But there was a couple of times where it sort of went against them a little bit. And there was one scene where I fell about laughing. I had to pause it. Yeah. I, I had to grab my remote control, pause the DVD, and just compose myself. Because there was one scene where the guy is chained up, you know, the fluid experiment. Was he yeah. chained up or was it Sarah Jane? I think it was the guy. And um, Steyer, the, the way that that scene starts is Steyer is up this steep hill. It's a very thin, almost like a corridor between these two massive rock faces. And he starts up on the hill. And the way that he's coming down the <laughs> down in between the rocks and so on, there's at least twice where he almost loses his his foot in. <laughs> so he's coming down, and he's you can tell that just by you his body language. You can see a thing out of that, that mask. Well, yeah, you can tell by his body language. He's <laughs> he's thinking if I'm if I lose it here, if I misstep, I'm a goner because yeah. I'm not at the bottom yet. And it's just how he sort of his body's twisting around and his leg sort of jars down at one bit and then he comes down and when he gets to the bottom <laughs> because the centaur's face doesn't move there's no facial expression other than these little eyes that you can't really see <laughs> he sort of walks up all proud you know with his little <laughs> device <laughs> like he's made it yeah and i was, in my head i was thinking 
I wonder if there was any outtakes to this. I wonder if he fell. I wonder if there was a moment where we just tumbled down like a roly-poly all the way to the top. <laughs> he could was... have sobered in the next hospital bed with Baker, could he? Can you imagine? Yeah, well, there's a lot of climbing going on. Even before yeah. Tom busted his collarbone, you see him climbing up various massive rocks and pretty yeah. much the whole cast would, would have been told, be careful because you're going to be jumping over big boulders and rocks and you'll be climbing up. And there's a... A couple of scenes where they where the stunt double falls down quite steep, um, sort of these really steep hills, isn't it? Into like little gullies at the mm. bottom, because Harry, yeah, he loses it, doesn't he? Harry does. And he goes, yeah, down. yeah, he goes goes tumbling, doesn't it? Yeah. And then the doctor, mm. bless him, mm. he goes down as well. Yeah. In fact, yeah. the doctor falls over a lot or gets shot or something in this, doesn't he? There's a bit where Steyer shoots him. And he just falls face first onto a big rock. <laughs> and then when Harry finds him, he's just laying face down, motionless on some of this big rock. Yeah. Oh, so, they, they definitely went through it back then, didn't they? Oh, yeah. 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 So location, I think it really helped the story in a way. It was very, it's, it's really nice to just be not confined to a studio. Mm. It's a lovely location. I don't know if I can buy it as... Because it's supposed to be like, I don't know, I mean, you can take it that the doctor, doctor's joking or whatever, but he sort of says, oh, I think Trafalgar Square would have been over there or something. I don't quite buy it as being derelict London. <laughs> um, I think I think if they'd had more budget, I think they say in the making of that they, they would have loved to have had like, um, you know, uh, a broken piece of Nelson's column just sticking up over the right. green or something they yeah. say in the making of, you know, but they didn't have the budget for it. They sort of vis- envisaged um, like Planet of the Apes, you know, having something like that. Like oh, the, right, yeah. Like the, the Statue uh, of Liberty in the, yes. on the beach, yeah. That's what they would yeah. have loved, just to give the impression that this is actually, you know, would have once been London. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't quite buy that, but I can totally overlook it because it, it does make for a really nice location. Yeah. 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 Well, let's talk about some cast. What do you reckon to the 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 astronauts? stroke soldiery human people that are knocking about down there um on the whole they're all right i think not too bad a lot of rolling of ours yeah um, from a lot i of didn't them. notice actually Did you notice? Is it? yeah no yeah a lot of rolling of the r's not quite mccoy oh. status but mm. um a lot of rolling of r's i noticed okay i shall have to look out for the next time yeah i didn't yeah. pick up on that um but they mm. were i yeah they were okay well, one one of them's um, Terry Walsh, the stuntman, isn't it? The guy who often doubles for Tom, Tom. Baker. He played Zake. Yeah. Um, but who's the main guy? I think he might be the one you were talking about. So got the longer hair. Um, I don't know what his name was. That yeah. won't surprise us as will it? But he was quite good. There is one scene where he's shouting at the doctor, and I swear he's trying so hard not to laugh. I get the <laughs> I get the impression that him and Baker were probably having a right old laugh in the rehearsals. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, right, come on, guys, let's get this take in the can. Because you can just, you know, when you can see it in an actor's eyes, yes. he's just looking at Baker and he's really trying to be serious. Like, right, who are you? What are you, you know, nervous? What? And all this. And you can just see that he's just really holding back. I can imagine as soon as they called cut, he'd like probably burst out laughing. But, <laughs> um, but he's quite good, whatever that guy's name is. <laughs> yeah, I think, that, guy, I think that guy, the character name was Viral. Viral or, or Viral. Down by, didn't you? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, they were yeah, but okay. overall they're yeah. all all okay. I mean, Roth goes a bit over the top. I think he's <laughs> the one that's gone a bit doolally, isn't he? Roth, he's a little bit pantomime, but again, he's not by not bad by any means. No. Yeah, he goes a bit loopy, doesn't he? Because he's getting yeah. chased by mm-hmm. the 
the giant metallic thing. Oh dear. Yeah. Now this is probably the one bad thing in the episode, would you say? This this robot is the one thing that as soon as it wobbles on screen. Yeah, it's not you, you it's the design of it really, isn't it? It's just you it's one of those examples in classic who where it just screams no budget. Yeah. That's, it looks bad. Yeah. So it's like it, this shiny is it aluminium? It's like a shiny aluminium made sort of diamond headed thing that looks like it's got really long nose hair. Uh and these <laughs> like little aerials and stuff like that. And you know, they've done a little bit of it work. Looks like it's got two horns to go meep, meep, yeah. on the top, doesn't <laughs> it? It's got like two one either side. Yeah, it's yeah. they've done some decent work to it because it's got some sort of uh, electronic hinges and stuff. So like each side of it can move up and down and it and that that kind yeah. of thing. But yeah, I'm I'm wondering actually whether it was even needed. Because it anyone that's seen The Empire Strikes Back, it's the equivalent of the little probe droid that we see on Hoth at the beginning. It's that kind of thing where it's sort of just knocking about, mm. monitoring, seeing what's going on, looking out for prisoners and so on. And it I'm just wondering whether it was even needed in the story. The only time that it was really relevant was it was to understand why uh, Roth was was legging away all the time because this every mm. time he sees this robot, he's off. You know, he's like half a marathon towards the other side of wherever. Mm. And the Doctor dispatches it really easily, doesn't he? Good old Sonic, the, yeah. The Good old, old Sonic. Sonic, yeah. So it was all right. Mm. It's, yeah, it's just what can you do with hardly any money? You know, it, it didn't need it. You're absolutely right. The story didn't need it. It, um, it wouldn't have looked out of place in a '60s Who. I think if you saw that in black and white, that yes. that creation, yeah. you'd be like, it'd probably look quite iconic. But when you see it in in all its colourful <laughs> technique, you know, in the '70s colour, and it, it does look pretty cheap. And the way it just rolls along on wheels as well, it's a shame actually. But um, it's yeah, it is what it is. It's it. it it adds a nice bit of um, nostalgia to the episode, I suppose. You sort of think, oh, it's quite funny when he's running away from it because it does look so ridiculous. <laughs> but it's probably the one bad thing in the story, to be fair. Yeah. It's, you know, and it's not in it hardly at all. And like you said, it gets gets taken out very easily. Mm. And it's quite funny when the Doctor uses the Sonic on it and it just kind of <laughs> sort of um, deflates a bit, doesn't it? Sort of, yeah. Just sort of gives up. Yeah. Creases up, yeah. One side just limps down and sort of head tilts <laughs> over a bit like a sad little puppy and yeah and then it's yeah and that's it that's it mm. let's talk about uh mr santara and then styer slash yeah. the marshal kevin Lindsay. Mm. really really good i Great. thought really good performance yeah. as uh as styer and mm. a really funny end to his character as well you just said that the the robot thing sort of deflates. Steyer's head literally does deflate like a balloon. It does, at the end, doesn't it? it? Looks like a pie that's not risen in the oven properly, and you take it out too early, and it just sinks in the dish. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's like a um, Yorkshire pudding in it that's just deflated. Um, it is a sh- it's a shame because um, they do a similar thing in the two doctors, don't they? But they add a load of gunge and that's gore, right. and it looks horrific. Whereas in this, it literally just deflates yeah you almost um, want to the adding act- there 
<laughs> like the, the balloon sort of. <laughs> yeah, poor old Stite. Even though he's horrible, you still feel sorry for him, you do. don't you? Like, yeah. you know, you got to love Stite. Um, but you said about the actor, yeah, Kevin Lindsay. Um, he, he does a great job. He's because if you think about how he acted as Lynx in the Time Warrior, Lynx was. Um, very much in command, stronger. Yes, you know, in, yeah. very more forceful. I would say. Whereas Steyer, like you said, he's he's just trying to get his experiments done. You know, he's not that sort of in charge leader type. Um, which is why it's great when we get to see the same actor playing in the Marshal, because mm-hmm. then we get a different Santaran, but the same actor. And yeah, I really like the fact he played all three, and I think he does a good job playing them differently. Um, so it's a bit weird actually. He's almost played like a bit of a mini Santaran fleet, just that one guy. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I thought. So, yeah, yeah, he does a great job. He does yeah. a really good job. I think. Absolutely, I thought he gave a great performance, considering that he was in costume, without being able to see that much, <laughs> out on location, having yeah. to do various things. Because he has a there is a fight scene with him and the doctor, isn't there? Where the mm. doctor's plan yeah. is to challenge him in combat because he knows that as a Centauran he can't refuse. That's like the honourable. Yeah. Uh, well the Centaurans see it as the honourable thing he can't refuse. So they do have a little tear-up, don't they? Uh, they do, yeah. And that must have been difficult for him to do in that costume. I think it might be a stunt double, but even so, it would have been very difficult because would, the vision would have been so limited. The reason I say that is because, again, the making of, they said that he, uh, Kevin Lindsay had a, a heart condition at this point oh, and right. found the costume really, really restricting. They had to be very careful with him. Um, apparently because of this condition, they were really aware of it, uh, you know, and his limitations because the suit was quite uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, yeah, so I think they might've switched him for, um, well, Terry Walsh would have been the doctor in those scenes. I'm not sure who would it have been I'm trying to think who the other stunt guys were back then, but it would have been a stunt guy, I think. Mm. Um, cause they talk about the fact that he had to stay up the top of that location for the whole day because of, his heart can he couldn't keep sort of going back and forth down the hill to, to have his lunch break like the rest so he would literally sit on top of the rock and have his yeah. um, on his own in the lunch break and he said you know it's quite funny because someone would walk past walking their <laughs> dog and he'd just be sat there eating a sandwich dressed as a Santara and, and you know <laughs> so um so yeah uh, a great performance from him um and I don't know who the stuntman would have been in those scenes but he would have had a a tough job on his hands fighting in that costume yeah absolutely yeah yeah uh right sarah jane and harry sarah jane i love sarah jane and harry myself i think they're a great little team mm. um i always think we get more stories with harry than we do i always think he's in a lot more but um i like them together i think there's a nice well i like the three of them together i think they're nice little bits of humor between them harry's very sort of I wouldn't say he's posh. He's well. Is he posh? What would you say? He's, he's. <laughs> I don't know. He's just a likable character. I think Harry. You sort of almost want to mother him a bit. You know, he just seems to bumble. <laughs> yeah, he always seems to be falling over. Bless him and stuff. But um, yeah, I love Ian Marta as Harry, and I Sarah Jane obviously is is one of the best Doctor Who companions in my opinion. So um, together, I think they work really nicely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not much more to say on that, mate. I think no. they yeah, they work really well together. You can tell that they they have a bit of a laugh now and then, like some of the comments, you know, stop calling me old thing. Oh, yeah, old thing, that's old, it, yeah. yeah. Come on, old thing. Yeah, and Harry, he's quite, I like him. He's he's not afraid to get stuck in. Yes. But at the same time, he isn't 
he isn't like a a Jamie. Let's have a fight every episode. No, he's, he's a bit more refined, a bit more of a gentleman, but he's still he's a gentleman. Yeah, yeah he's still not afraid to get his hands dirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think overall the TARDIS seems really good. And then Mister Baker, he was he was different in this one to me. I don't, I'm not sure why. He is. Mm. Do you do you find that? I do. It's one of the things I was going to say to you as well because it, I don't know why either. I mean, it is it is very early on in Tom's uh, era. It's his first series. Um, I don't know where it was filmed in terms of production. So, but it would have been one of the first stories he filmed as the Doctor. So, you know, clearly he's finding his feet. He's he's getting into the role and trying to decide what he's going to do. Great in it. He's still the fourth Doctor, absolutely. But there is something, yeah, you can you can tell he's not quite the same fourth doctor that we get, you know, later on. I mean, I think even in Genesis, he's he's sort of more the fourth doctor that we sort of got to know. Um, but he's still great in it. I still love Tom in this. But I do know what you mean. There is just something, I don't know if it's in the eyes and the performance, maybe a bit more toned down. I'm not sure. But he's not quite... Um, the rounded fourth doctor character yet yeah yeah that's what yeah. understandably yeah hmm. but he's still he's, he's still, still great though brilliant as the doctor you can't yeah we can't really fault him for most of his performances from mm. from this series onwards but yeah just something i'm not sure maybe just because the the one before was all very nice in a studio and controlled and and all that whereas out on mm. location you haven't got as much you know it's not a controlled environment as such and you have to just get through it because if you don't get all your scenes done, you start losing daylight and and everything. So different vibe. He doesn't quite seem the the sort of forceful doctor in mm. this. If you know what I mean, like I think where we get to see the more the the more um the doctor that we're most familiar with is when he's talking to the marshal at the end and he's like saying sorry marshal you know and it, that's oh, that's yeah. very yeah. much the doctor but up until that point like when he's being held captive and all that he's not quite the in control very sort of almost cocky doctor that the fourth doctor can sometimes be he's a little bit sort of um he's not commanding the scenes as much as he sometimes does but we get to see that as i said later on when he's we know when he's sort of becoming the hero, defeating the robot, defeating Steyer, mm-hmm. and then just tells Marshall, game's up, pal. And that's very yeah. much the fourth Doctor, so yeah. But Tom's great. I, I just love Tom. He is great. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Right. Anything you want to mention before we put our scores on paper? Uh, no, mate. I think we've we've covered it pretty much. Yeah. Right. I think it's me to go first. I think so. I think. So I am going to give this one a 7.5. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going with a seven. Seven. Seven, seven. yeah. Um, I thought it was, it does feel a little bit filler. Um, it's a very light story, but a very enjoyable watch. I enjoyed it. So seven out of ten for me. Mm. I, I agree. I think it is a, a bit filler, but I think it's it's a really enjoyable watch. You don't have to think too hard about it. You don't have to concentrate too much. But on the same, on, on the same uh, token, you don't reach for your phone. And start looking at stuff because you just want to keep watching. So yeah, yeah, I didn't. I actually, I honestly didn't reach my phone at all during this, which is very unusual for me. So yeah, definitely good stuff. Right, let's see what our lovely listeners thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had an audio clip in this week. This is from Owen Daly. 
Hi guys, hope you're both well and enjoying the show this week. So it's Sontaran Experiment. Wow, you got two stories in a row that I love. I love dinosaurs in a spaceship, but I love Sontaran Experiment even more, even more. This story is how I define it. It's short and sweet. It's short enough to keep my attention in that I can watch it in full sitting, but also it includes so many great story aspects like it has that Sontaran star, uh, E. Martyr, Elizabeth Slayton, and um, Tom Baker together. Uh, Tom Baker invoked his collarbone in this story, but he powered on, um, which is another remarkable thing about the script. It's all shot in location, uh, which is kind of rare for the classic series um, and it's got this really really great eerie atmosphere in, in the rocks and we also have the colonists um, the Galsec colonists and the fact that I remember what their names are well the Galsec colony I think is amazing in itself because any other colony in Doctor Who I just forget immediately um, I also love the little funny robot it's a bit pathetic but I still think it's great and I just love it overall how self-contained it is and it's a great one to get new series fans into because if they're not uh, they find like a six-parter a bit daunting this one's two-parter it's the same length as an ordinary new series story except it's a lot better um, I love the way Star was uh, kind of torturing the humans to get a st- strategic um, strategy ready and I really like that and it's something the new series failed to do with the Sontarans making them a joke so overall really love the story 8.5 out of 10 my first second classic DVD so I've watched it to bits and I can watch it again and again um, yeah 8 out of 10 thanks bye 8 out of 10 brilliant yeah thanks for that good score over on Twitter Ollie Everett says one of my favourites great little two-parter mm, uh, my favourites Joey Tardis says my first ever Doctor Who story all the way back in 2004 such a classic from my childhood uh, hello Joey Tardis I, that's who I met with on Sunday we had a good day we met Tom as well. Tom. Thank you, Joey. Over on Facebook, uh, Stacey Gallagher, sorry, Stan Stacey Gallagher says, Love Tom. I like this story. Wish it had more parts, though. Wish mm. it had more parts. I don't know. Could you see it being a four-parter? I think it's quite nice as a two, but yeah, I could have seen perhaps one one or two more episodes of Steyer, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, Steyer, yeah. Mm. Uh, Charlie Turner says, Sontaha. <laughs> uh, says this one is alright it's probably the weakest Centauran story I've seen uh, I have yet to watch The Invasion of Time and The Two Doctors before I can decide for definite uh, Tom's mm. great Elizabeth's a bit screamy but good as always Ian's great as Harry uh, it's just pure awesome but the story as a whole is an alright watch there's not really much I can say about it oh and going off topic off here um, this Sunday just gone I bumped into Adam at our, mm-hmm, yeah. yes he gives it a 5.5. Yeah, it was great to see you, Charlie. Thanks for your thoughts. Cheers, Charlie. George Coppen, a lovely little story you can watch when you don't fancy a big story. I love Sarah and Harry. 7.5. Sammy Satine says, So the fourth Doctor, Sarah Jane and Harry, get transmitted to Earth only to encounter a group of men in spacesuits being chased by a robot called a Suntaran. Yeah, it's a great little story. The Suntaran is good, certainly a lot taller than the new series ones. Uh, the fact that Sarah Jane has seen a Santara before certainly helps. Uh, see the Time Warrior, her first story with the third Doctor for more. Uh, the Santaran is very evil and I like how he is defeated. Harry is good. Sarah is good. Always nice to see her yellow raincoat. Mm. <laughs> Tom is great as Scarf Man or the fourth Doctor. Overall, seven out of ten. Another seven, yeah, it's good. Lewis Palmer says, uh, yeah, this one is good. It's quite nice to watch when you don't want to spend half a day watching a classic. Mm. I think that Santaran's experiment is creepy. Um, 
sorry, I think that the Centaurans' experiments were creepy and were quite well done for the time. Uh, for some reason, I've always loved the line, I shall kill you now, but first I have other tasks to perform. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why, but it just seems so quintessentially who. The humans feel very bland, and honestly, I always forget that they're even in it. I also think the story is not quite developed enough. Maybe we could have seen more or other Centaurans than Steyer or the one he's communicating with. Overall, um, nice but slightly forgettable story and almost feels like a bit of a filler before Genesis. 6.5. Yeah, fair enough. Joseph Howarth. It's quite interesting how two parties like this are very rare for Doctor Who back in the 70s, but it's common fare nowadays. Interesting thought, don't you think? Mm. Anyways, the Centauran experiment. I thought it was a great story. Apart from the revenge of the Cybermen, Tom Baker has a solid first season. Uh, the plot is very simple, but that's all you need, really. Uh, for a two-parter, Ian Marta and uh, Liz Sladen give brilliant performances for Harry and Sarah, uh, even if they don't do much. Uh, Steyer, I thought, was uh, menacing and sadistic, uh, though I do think the ending is a bit hastily done with the Marshal giving up so easily. Mm. Uh, the robot is pretty naff and looks like a washing machine with poles attached to it, and I really can't say much about the <laughs> Galsec team because I really don't think they make much of an impact. <laughs> Besides Roth, they are really interchangeable and there's no difference between them. Plus, they have dodgy South African accents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than that, it was a great story uh, and always uh, with always uh, the marvellous Tom Baker, 8.5. Yeah, I must agree with him about the end, actually. I did... That was the, I did find it slightly unsatisfying because the marshal does just go, oh, okay then, which, yeah, does, that, yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. we're going to stand fast and we're going to attack. And yeah. Tom's like, I don't think you will. All right then. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> lastly on Facebook, Mark Mooney says, nice filler story before the main event of Genesis of the Daleks. Mm. Anything on the Geeks handbag page? Yes, yes. Um, I, bizarrely, I got one on Instagram <laughs> this week, so oh, I had cool. to make a note because I knew I was going to forget to read it. So I haven't forgotten, and it's from Thomas Scott, who says, I think it's a fun episode to put on if you have an hour to kill. It keeps you interested, unlike some of the six-part episodes where you find yourself looking at your phone. And the main cast are great overall. He gives this one a 6 out of 10 and says, keep up the good work. We shall certainly try. Thank you for that. Um, over on the Geeks Amber Facebook I had Patrick Sherwood who says it's an okay episode I don't mind it but it's not one of his favourites so he's going to give it 7.5 out of 10 okay uh, Austin Slasso oh he's just simply sorry he said I have never seen the special value sticker he's referring to the photo I put up which is the DVD has got special value oh, on right. it, which simply yeah. meant it doesn't have many extras so the DVD is cheap um but yeah, I've still got the sticker on it. Finn Walsh says, hello, guys. Uh, hope, unlike last week, I won't be late. No, you're in time. Uh, he says this is a proper underrated Doctor Who story. Uh, he's claimed great. It's an easy watch and doesn't leave you bored. I absolutely love this hidden gem. And he's definitely giving it a 10 out of 10, he says. Okay. And finally, Mark Atkinson who does the brilliant Proctor Who podcast, says a decent enough two-parter. Um, all the location shoot works well for the very slight in brackets story. He's giving it a 7 out of 10. So thanks for your comments, guys. Excellent. Really good stuff. Some reasonably high scores there. I thought we were going to see middle of the road mm. fives and sixes because it is, however, however you want to label it, it is slightly filler in between yep. these two great stories, but some decent scores. So. 
Yeah, it's a fun watch. I just wish the the ending, sorry, had been stronger. Um, Whoever mentioned that before, that's one of the things I wanted to Mm. say in the review, but I forgot. But yeah, I just wish I had a slightly stronger ending, but it's certainly a good little watch. Indeedy. Next week, we're going forward to the current Doctor. Mm. So what story are we going to look at next week? Next week, yeah, 12th Doctor story, Time Heist. Time Heist, Time Heist from Series 8. We'll be reviewing. Yeah. Yes. We've never spoken about this one, even in passing. (laughs) No, we haven't. This will be interesting. This is the one with the... Is this the one with the monster in the prison overalls? The Teller, teller, that's right, yes. Teller, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking. It was just one that that got missed out. We never reviewed it. Um, That's right. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I don't know whether you reviewed it, but yeah. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to do this one. Yes, Time Heist next week. Revisit it, yeah. And I think we'll do there for 118. Okay. Thank you so much for sticking with us and listening through 118. 118. Uh, <laughs> it's been uh, an interesting time for class at the moment. We're very, well, we're not too apologetic, but we're very negative and so on because that's just our thoughts and that's just how we feel. But for those of you that are really enjoying class and are really into it, um, yeah, please don't let our, our negativity, you know, uh, spoil the party. Yeah. You don't, we don't want to be the, the moany old dad that comes downstairs and orders all of your friends out at nine o'clock because it's getting too late. So, class. Hopefully next week, though. Or oh, no, this week. Yeah. Episode seven, is it? Six, seven, yes, it seven, will be seven. Uh, which is mainly focused around uh, Miss Quill. Uh, looks like it could be, uh, could be the, the kicker that we need. Which is good. Hope so. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, so, the Centauran experiments. Some reasonable scores there. Thank you so much, as always, for sending in your thoughts and reviews. Next week is Time Heist with Mr. Capaldi. So look out for the Facebook post or the Twitter post or whatever to send us in your thoughts for that one. As always, head over to our website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.com. On there, you can listen to all of our previous episodes. Plus, you can link off to our social stuff so you can follow and like on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And there's also big buttons there to send you off to iTunes and so on if you'd like to subscribe to the podcast. And if you do oh, subscribe... Love a big button. A big button, yeah. <laughs> and if you are an iTunes subscriber, if you could give us a rating or a review on there, that would be fab because that helps us a lot. Thank you. Check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag. Yay! Do a search for it on Facebook and YouTube. Some great videos from there. From Adam, sorry. Um, loads of unboxings, reviews, convention stuff. Excellent. It's all there. Go and check it it's out. It's all there for you. Cheers. Until next week, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. <laughs> and remember, a-